Thomas Mulcair is here for a Mulcair Monday. Nice to have you, sir. <laughs> Good to be with you, John. Okay, so let's start with polls. I know Diefenbaker yeah. always said polls are for dogs. <laughs> but, wow, these numbers are astounding. I mean, Pierre Polyev must be thinking, you know, Justin Trudeau, just get out of the way. It's my job. Right, but it's not, right? It's Trudeau's job, and he's going to hold on as long as he can plausibly do so. I still think that Trudeau's just measuring what's happening in the springtime because being 9% behind in the polls, you know, you can think of flipping 4 or 5% and getting close. When you're 19% behind, it's not a fair fight anymore. I also think that, John, in some of those polls, what we're seeing is, please, Mr. Trudeau, get the message you have to get out of the way because the liberals themselves, some of their core values still resonate with a lot of Canadians. And frankly, if you look at the NDP, still threatening to pull out of the deal, they're very progressive. They and the liberals are certainly on the center, center left, and they can they can look at their total number and say, we can take these guys on. But it depends on what they decide to do with each other. Some observers have started talking openly, musing about them getting closer together. But Singh, of course, senses that as he gets closer to the election, he's going to lose his identity if he does that. So he's going to try to hew even further to the left and take his voters with him. Good luck on that last part, because he's been... You know, he's been holding up the liberals for so long. He's been propping them up, giving them a break. And it's going to be very hard for him on the doorstep to say, oh, don't vote for those guys. They're a bunch of scoundrels. They're, they're the scoundrels you've been supporting. So it's a, it's a tough call for Singh right now. Okay, well, let's talk about Singh's deal. And he's talking tough all over again and laying down a date for Pharmacare or the NDP are going to leave. But, you know, this reminds me of when you're dealing with children and they say, I'm leaving. And you go, okay, go ahead. I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm no, <laughs> you can you can go. <laughs> Can I come back and do the laundry and borrow the car? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing. This is the supply and confidence deal that exists between the conservatives and the libs. You know, they've been in the sack together now for the better part of a couple of years. And Singh is starting to look at the horizon and gets the messages. You know, Mark Holland last week wasn't even talking about bringing in legislation. He was talking about a pharmacare framework. That was his exact term. Uh, that's far from the deal that he has with the NDP. The NDP had get under the deal, had given the Liberals until Christmas, last Christmas, to have some legislation on the table to bring forward a pharmacare program. They didn't do it. Then they gave them until March 1st. They've been talking. But it seems clear to me that what the Liberals are up to is to say, we don't have the money for this right now. Here's what the framework will look like when, when the books are better. And that's a way for the Liberals to do two things. Shake itself loose from its deal with the NDP and try to show some semblance of fiscal responsibility. Because long before you know, the COVID-19 pandemic hit, the Liberals had completely outspent. I mean, they were 100 billion dollars behind before the pandemic. So this is where Poiliev has just been zeroing in and saying, you're not good administrators, you're not good managers, you haven't been doing the job, and I'm going to do it in your place. I still, again, believe that the Liberals have more support than progressive ideas in Canada have more support than what these polls are showing. But I think they're, more than anything else, they're showing that people are just tired of Trudeau, his method, his way of talking to people, his, you know, almost as if he was talking to a slow grade three student all the time. And people are just tired of that, of that approach from, from Trudeau. Meanwhile, the health minister says the feds aren't pulling the fire alarm on the NDP deal. I guess they have to say that. I mean, everybody's posturing. Exactly. And, you know, Holland's starting to have quite a bit of experience now. He came in as a young, a young guy before he lost his seat and then he came back and, you know, he, he's, he's, 
doing a pretty darn good job at health. He, he's already got his deal, for example, with Ontario on, on healthcare. Good for them. Uh, there are other provinces now lining up, and I think that Holland is is really playing his cards intelligently. He's just simply saying, "Look." We're working with them. I talk to Don Davies all the time. I believe he called him John Davies. I don't know if he works with him oh, that must much. Be seen that's, the, <laughs> that's the that's the NDP health critic. So they're working. They're going to come up with something. They're going to say this is what we can eventually do one day. But there's definitely not you know a spare ten or fifteen billion to launch this thing. And Christia Freeland has a job to do. She's got a budget that has to be presented, and that budget has to live in the real world. This isn't political fantasy. And can I ask you for your thoughts on uh, Donald Trump saying that, uh, you know, everybody should be, he says everybody should pay their dues. There are no dues. But anyway, countries, if they don't, then Vladimir Putin can, quote, do what he wants. Yes. Have your way with these countries. It is, to use the word used by the White House yesterday, it's unhinged, but it's pure Trump. And I'm going to reference something that might be a bit uh, aside. But you remember when he came up out of the blue? With his Muslim ban, people are saying this is absolutely disgusting from somebody running for president of the United States. But when Trump does this sort of stuff, he's not talking to anybody except his base and trying to shore them up and maybe widen them a bit. So who's he talking to here? He's talking to Americans who are what we would call America firsters. You know, why are we getting involved, to quote Pierre Poiliev, in adventures in some faraway foreign lands? You remember when Poiliev came up with that talking about Ukraine. So this is Trump saying, I don't care what's happening in Ukraine. First of all, they're not even members of NATO. And by the way, you know, he said within 24 hours of becoming president again, that will be solved. Well, how would that happen? by giving Putin what he wants. And so any other neighbor, you know, the Latvia, Estonia, for, for example, or even Poland, would be in grave danger. The Europeans are flipping out over what Trump just said, but he boasted that he had already said that, and there are sources saying, yeah, he had already said that to one of the U- European Union chiefs. So how how he's going to be able to move this forward with the average American who still considers the ability to defend the United States and their soldiers that are in Europe and the world, how that squares with that, I don't know. I don't think that Americans are going to be very pleased with what Trump's saying, but it's always willful. It's always informed by deep polling, by focus groups. I'll tell you, John, I was watching him yesterday as he said it, and it seemed clear to me that he was reading. This didn't pop out of thin air. This was a plan, and he knew it would get the type of reaction because he knows how to dominate, of course, a news cycle. So stay tuned. It's not the last we'll hear of this from Mr. Trump. Okay, so what should Canada do? I think we should start paying our 2%, eh? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we're, of the 30 countries that were in NATO in 2000, at the end of 2023, the 30 countries, Canada was 25th. So we were right near the bottom in terms of per- percentage of gross domestic product that we were, we were devoting to defense spending. It's shameful. I mean, it's, we barely have half of our capacity, whether it's with our ships with our with our guns with our with our planes we're way behind most of our equipment is awful we can't even contribute in when we gave about a a couple of dozen howitzers you know a standard issue military field artillery to ukraine i remember seeing the number that canada possessed a grand total of like 
75 or 80 of these things. I mean, how is that possible with a country this side with a proud military history to have almost no equipment for, for the brave women and men who devote their lives to this and, and to our role in world peace? So I think that Trudeau has completed that down the side. It's becoming an embarrassment. Even the Biden administration folks with whom I speak, they're saying, look, this is becoming an embarrassment for all of us. Thanks a lot for this, Thomas. Always a pleasure on a Monday morning. Great to talk to you. All the best.